This is the recap, a review of the day's news in the Tri-States area for Monday, February 19th, 2024. With Tri-States Public Radio News, I'm Mike Murray. A member of the Macomb Police Department has retired after five years of helping collect evidence, tracking suspects, and finding lost nursing home patients and children. Tri-States Public Radio's Rich Egger tells us about Mac, the K-9 officer. The German Shepherd was born in Hungary. He was acquired by breeders in Indiana, and the Macomb Department bought him from that kennel. Officer Nick Sievers is Max Handler. He says their initial training lasted about a month, the same as human officers who joined the department. And they continually train, just like human officers. But there were also differences. Sievers says the biggest challenge was establishing the pecking order in the relationship. We're at a point now where there's no argument there. Um, but when you're young and new, that's something that you got to establish and be firm about. And uh, that comes with, you know, arguments, disagreements, bite marks, and so on. Sievers says dogs chosen to serve as canine officers have an alpha male mentality, so it takes time and consistency to establish who's in charge. Sievers says he most enjoyed working with Mac during demonstrations for schools, church groups, and others. Police Chief Jeff Hamer also enjoyed those interactions. He says Mac helped officers connect with children during events. I've literally seen children shy away from a uniformed officer, but then as the dog walks by, their eyes light up and they see the officer handling uh, the animal, and it really breaks down a barrier. So, I mean, for that, it's worth its weight. Hamer says there are a couple reasons why Mac is being retired. One is that Seavers has been promoted to detective and will no longer be doing patrol work. Also, they did not want to work Mac until close to the end of his life. They want the dog to have a healthy retirement with his family. That family is the Seavers. Mac went home with Nick after their police shifts, and the dog will continue to live with them. The department still has a canine program. It recently added a new dog named Jax, also a German Shepherd. Rich Egger reporting. The city of Galesburg is getting more than $57 million in state money for new buses. The funding will pay for seven mid-sized buses for the city's transit system. The funding is from the Illinois Department of Transportation. The city is also getting two battery electric transit vehicles and charging systems with funding from the federal transit system. A Monmouth man is charged with four counts of possessing child pornography. Police served a warrant on 37-year-old Bradley Nelson in the 1000 block of Kramer Court. Police then seized a large amount of materials related to the charges from the home. Some students in the Keokuk District will be moved to different buildings next school year. Tri-State's Public Radio's Will Buss has the details. Students in kindergarten and first grade will be sent to the George Washington School Building on North 8th Street. And students in second through fifth grade will attend classes at the Hawthorne School Building on Decatur Street. Superintendent Kathy Dinger says the district is working with the resources it has. Currently, George Washington, which is our smallest building, um, houses our largest elementary students, and we have um, a pretty significant uh, student population that needs some additional assistance with special ed services, and so um, that building was running out of space. 
Hawthorne currently houses students in kindergarten through third grade. George Washington currently houses fourth and fifth grade classes. I'm Will Buss. Knox County State's Attorney Jeremy Carlin is one of three finalists for the position of general counsel at Western Illinois University. The Democrat was elected to his first term in 2020 but is not seeking re-election. Other finalists for the university attorney position are Assistant U.S. Attorney Kathy Sweat and Assistant Attorney General Kalen James. All three candidates will interview on Western's campus this week. In Knox County, Ashley Warby is running unopposed for state's attorney in next month's primary as a Republican. Warby was an assistant state's attorney before moving to the public defender's office last fall. After suddenly pleading guilty as his federal corruption trial was wrapping up last week, former Illinois State Senator Sam McCann won't be released to await sentencing. McCann has been jailed since February 9th when the judge ordered him detained for disobeying her direct orders after being discharged from a sudden hospitalization. Prosecutors say McCann stole more than $550,000 in campaign funds for personal use. In our feature for today, wind and solar projects are popping up in more places across the Midwest, but so is opposition. Several counties, townships, and towns have restricted the construction of big wind turbines and solar panels. But as Harvest Public Media's Jim Meadows reports, Illinois and Michigan recently passed laws making it hard for local governments to say no to green projects. The farmland out where Jerry Edwards lives in northern Piatt County, Illinois, is flat enough that he can point a mile to the north where a wind farm will soon be installed. There will be a tower the size of the gateway arch back this way in where the cover crop is. And then in the field just east of it, I mean, we can walk out to the road and see, there will be a, a second. The Piah County Board voted down the project in March of last year. Then seven months later, they approved it. Edwards, who was the county board's vice chairman, voted no both times. He says other board members changed their no votes to yes because of a new Illinois law. It set statewide standards for wind and solar projects. In Piant County, officials worried saying no to this wind farm could lead to a costly legal battle. In a nutshell, the governor, the speaker of the house, and the head of the Senate basically had a gun held to their head saying, you are going to vote for this or else you subject the county to lawsuits that would break the county. Opponents of the wind farms say their eyesores create noise and light problems, as well as potential environmental issues once the turbines wear out. But the state of Illinois needs more wind farms and solar farms to meet its goal of 100% clean energy by 2050. That's according to Northern Illinois University law professor Sarah Fox, whose specialty is environmental law and land use. If you have local governments around the state unwilling to commit to wind and solar and other things, then Illinois is not going to be able to get to those renewable energy goals that it has set. Wind and solar farms are built on sites leased by willing landowners, but local opposition has been growing year by year, according to the Sabin Center for Climate Change Law at Columbia University in New York.
It counted nearly 300 projects that have faced serious opposition across the U.S. as of last year and more than 220 local governments and six states that either restrict or ban them outright. Matthew Isensen authored the center's report last year. I think this is largely due to the fact that developers are proposing projects in new areas and the local restrictions are often a reaction to, you know, a specific project proposal. In Michigan, voters in several townships in Montcalm County not only rejected projects, but recalled township officials who supported them. Then, last November, the governor signed Michigan's Clean Energy Future Package into law. It includes limits on townships' ability to say no to wind and solar projects. Supporters say that's a good move for the state's environment and economy. But there's an effort in Michigan to overturn those limits through a state referendum. Retired school teacher Norm Stevens is gathering signatures. The state's plans of 100% renewable energy and takeover of local control of that zoning is a classic case of government overreach, and they aren't realistic, and nor are they achievable. Despite pushback, the number of U.S. wind and solar facilities has grown as costs have fallen. Jeff Danielson is with the Clean Grid Alliance, which advocates for renewable energy in the Midwest. He says acceptance of green projects will come in time. But it will come with some discussion, some conflict, and a reconciling of of folks' preferences along the way. We should embrace that because we get to do it in a democratic setting, and that, I think, should be everybody's goal. But in rural areas of Illinois and Michigan, some residents resent that state law is overriding local authority over wind and solar farms. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Jim Meadows. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest and Great Plains, including Tri-State's Public Radio. In the weather for our listening area for today, it should be sunny with a high in the low 50s and southeasterly winds at 5 to 15 miles an hour. For tonight, mostly clear with a low in the upper 20s. For TSPR News, I'm Mike Murray. Tri-State's Public Radio is part of the NPR Network.